bearing in mind that this series looks at, um, in this particular section, physical manifestations that can occur as a result of supernatural encounters that take place in the church. And how, uh, we're wanting to look at a biblical framework so that we can identify which of those manifestations are in fact um, as a result of an encounter with the Holy Spirit and which one of those manifest which of those manifestations are in fact um, a result of an encounter with a, uh, an, another spirit. And there's also obviously the flesh, fleshly um, manifestations that do take place as well. We're going to discuss them. And so uh, specifically in this section we're looking at the phenomenon of people falling under the power of God. We've had a look at um, scripture thus far and we've seen that it is very clearly scriptural for saints or um, unbelievers to fall to the ground when they encounter the supernatural power of God, uh, power of the Holy Spirit. In today's um, teaching we're going to um, close off on this phenomena of people falling to the ground and we're going to have a look at two uh, different aspects. One is the aspect of people falling to the ground as a display of the flesh and another one we're going to have a look at is the more disturbing one obviously which is people uh, falling to the ground um, as a result of having an encounter with uh, a demonic spirit and not with the Holy Spirit. We will start off in uh, today's section by having a look at um, those who fall to the ground through a display, through fleshly display, basically. And the passage of Scripture that we'll open up with is in Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Um, our Lord Jesus speaking, he says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things, says he, who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, <clears throat> I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and had found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. And so, with regards to this um, display in this particular area of people falling to the ground, uh, with regards to this display that can and does sadly take place in the flesh, there are two um, dimensions to it. Uh, and the one is more grievous to the Holy Spirit than the other. We'll discuss the more grievous one now. And that is when um, individuals, let's just go back to, before I make the comment, go back to um, what we discussed thus far in the teaching we've said when an individual receives the Holy Spirit um, we can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by one of two methods either we get uh, receive it directly from heaven or we get it through get it not the right term or we, or we are filled with the Holy Spirit through the mechanism of the laying on of hands and so it is in this mechanism of the laying on of hands that it is possible for ministers of the gospel who operate in the flesh that they're able to mimic the work of the Holy Spirit in this area and thus um, grieve the Holy Spirit in this area. 
because they would pretend to be anointed by the Holy Spirit and they pretend by using this mechanism of the laying on of hands. Now, there is no power um, that is made manifest through their ministries. The, our Lord speaking to the church in Ephesus here, he says, you guys have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them to be liars. Now, how did the church at Ephesus do that? How did they test these ministers who proclaimed to be apostles of the Lord, but in fact they weren't? Well, the Apostle Paul gives us some guidance along this and indication when he talks around the same issue in 1 Corinthians 4, 19 and 20. There were certain members in that particular church that were challenging Paul's authority. And so Paul said that when he came to the church in Corinth, he would um, sort out those individuals, but not, he says, I'm not interested in what they have to say. I want to see what power they can display. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, you can go read the account. And because he said, went on to say that the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And so, very clearly, ministers that operate in the flesh have no power. There's no power of the Holy Spirit made manifest through the ministries whatsoever, really. And so it is those individuals that can um, grieve the Holy Spirit in this area. So how do they do that? Well, they, they mimic um, people falling to the ground by the, through the laying of hands. So how do they do that? Well, what they do is they, they physically force, when they place their hands on individuals, they physically force those individuals, either force them to fall to the ground or push them over backwards. Um, in some, some instances, it is very obvious for everybody to see what has been done. But sometimes it's not that obvious, especially for uh, baby believers in the congregation. And so what happens is these ministers would um, pretend that when they lay hands on individuals that they're falling under the power of God. And they, the way that they get the individual to fall, especially over backwards, is that they push them over backwards. Now, the people are not stupid. And so no one is going to, normally, people are not going to allow themselves to be pushed over backwards to the floor if they think they're going to injure, them, injure themselves in any way. They won't do it. So the way that these ministers overcome the problem is that they have catches behind the people that they're praying for. And so when they lay hands on these people and literally push them over backwards, the people are willing to play along with the minister and fall over backwards because they recognize there's somebody behind them who's going to catch them and so they won't injure themselves. Um, and so that is how these ministers can kind of try and deceive the church that they're anointed because when they lay hands on individuals, the individuals fall over backwards. In actual fact, they're not falling, they're being pushed over backwards. And so the way that some churches overcome the, this problem is they remove catchers from the equation. So they do not allow catchers to stand behind individuals who are being prayed for. Well, that very quickly discourages ministers who are operating in the flesh because they're not going to try and push people over. People aren't going to cooperate with them. They won't fall over backwards because they'll know that they'll hurt themselves. And so that's, it just won't happen. And so that fleshly display uh, is taken uh, uh, away from trying to influence people in the church. 
if the, the, the equation of the catches are removed. But there is also the other aspect to this fleshly display, which is people pretending to fall under the power of God. So why do people do that? Well, there, there's a couple of, there's a few reasons. One of the reasons is, is because falling under the power of God has become learned behavior in the church. It has become so common practice that when the power of God comes on people, that they fall under the power of God, that it is almost, ex people expect, well, this is the normative practice, and so when hands laid on me, I should fall. That's, that's the normative response that I should display. So as I say, it's a learned practice that has crept into the church. The other reason that people pretend to fall under the power of God is because they want others around them to um, think that they have been blessed by the power of God coming upon them have, and thus having an encounter with the Holy Spirit and they've had no such encounter. No, no power has come upon them, but they just want everybody to think that they have been uh, encountering the power of the Holy Spirit. Now again, people do that. Uh, they are prepared to pretend to fall under the power of God if they have these catches standing behind them. Remove the catches away and people will not fall under the power, so to speak, or fall over backwards because they know they're doing it in the flesh and they know that they'll hurt themselves if there's nobody to catch them. And so it, it discourages this fleshly type of practice by not having catches behind people that are being prayed for. Um, the question is then asked, but if you remove catches away, won't people who genuinely fall under the power of God then injure themselves? And the answer to that is obviously not. We had a look at the scriptures already so far um, where people fell under the power of God and there were no catches present. Um, God is well able, if his power is strong enough to make the person fall to the ground, his power is also um, strong enough to make sure that they do not injure themselves when they do fall to the ground. And so uh, my experience along this line is very uh, plain. I've laid hands on numerous people that have fallen under the power of God. And they've always fallen straight down. None of them have ever fallen over backwards. And so, you know, God is quite able to take care of the people when they encounter his power and they fall to the ground. He's well able to have his angels catch them and make sure that there's nothing that is injured in any way. And so that's pretty much how the fleshly aspect in this area is dealt with. Remove the catches and you kind of deal with the fleshly manifestations. People don't pretend to fall anymore and ministers don't pretend to have power thus trying to push people over because people won't cooperate with them. They'll just look, look stupid trying to go around pushing people over and no one falls over. So that's that aspect. Now we get to the, the more disturbing aspect and that is um, people that um, fall to the ground actually literally are thrown to the ground by demonic powers. Now that also can and does take place in Christian gatherings and we'll see a couple of reasons as to why that does happen. Let's look at two scriptures along this line first and then we'll uh, discuss the, the, the points from that. Luke's Gospel chapter 4 verse 33 to 35. Uh, the scripture says, Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying, 
Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. And then the second scripture we'll look at is in Luke Gospel, chapter 9, verse 42. Scripture says, As he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. And so we have this phenomena that does occur in the church as well. And that is demonic spirits being responsible for throwing individuals to the ground. Now, um, it, it is, it's, it's happened on numerous occasions. People have been literally thrown to the floor. Some have been thrown backwards over chairs. Some have even been known to throw be thrown against a wall. Now, what is amazing to me is just how many Christians and even some ministers attribute that practice, that manifestation, should I say, to the work of the Holy Spirit. That is not the Holy Spirit at all. Because in all instances, when an individual is thrown to the ground, or thrown over chairs, or thrown against a wall, that is the person being um, thrown to the ground against their will. They're not being, they're not falling down because they're just too weak to stand, as we've seen in the scripture as to when they encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. Here they are being literally thrown to the ground. And they've been literally thrown up against a wall or over chairs and things like that. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that because that would then be God going against his, his, his word. God never overrides the free will of man in this life. And so God doesn't force anyone to do anything, including being thrown to the floor. Um, that's not the work of God. That is the work of a demonic spirit. And so whenever you, you witness an individual being thrown to the ground or thrown wherever, uh, you can recognize very quickly that's not the Holy Spirit. That is a demonic spirit that is causing that phenomena to take place. And as I say, um, it's, it's very sad to see that there, there are Christians and, and some ministers as well that attribute that because it's clearly supernatural. There's nothing, um, there's no fleshly manifestation there. That the person is literally being picked up and thrown around like a rag doll. And so it is supernatural. And because it's supernatural and it's in a Christian gathering, everybody assumes, okay, that's the Holy Spirit and that's how he operates. Not at all. That is a demonic spirit. And so we have two ways that that demonic spirit manifests themselves in this area. The one way is that the individual themselves who has come up for prayer already has a demon attached to them. Now, it can be Christians have demons attached to them. Now, they're not, they're not possessed by demons. The demons are, do not dwell within their spirits. That is impossible for the Holy Spirit dwells within their spirits. But demons can oppress uh, even believers in their bodies and in their minds. The demons can attach themselves to that person for whatever reason, we're not going to get into any um, discussion around that in this series, obviously, <clears throat> but the demon's there, and the demon has attached itself to that Christian, for argument's sake. Now, that Christian comes up for prayer. When that happens, the person who's praying and laying hands is anointed by the Holy Spirit. 
the demon is now forced to manifest itself in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You say, where do we pick that up? Well, have a look at the two accounts we just read with our Lord. That person that was in the synagogue in Capernaum, he didn't even know he had a demon. Uh, Jesus was up ministering. He was in the congregation, and the demon just took over and made him shout out against the Lord, what are we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Now, when the demon manifested himself, Jesus dealt with him straight away, and he cast the demon out. And so it's when the demon is brought into the presence of the Holy Spirit that the demon is then forced to manifest itself. And very often, as we saw in these two accounts, what the demon does is it throws the individual to the ground. Now, if the person who's laying hands on that person uh, observe the, observes the individual being thrown to the ground or thrown over the chairs or thrown against the wall, and they don't discern this is not the Holy Spirit, this is now demonic spirit, they don't do anything about it because they attribute that phenomena to the work of the Holy Spirit and they just leave the person. And they think, well, God's dealing with the person. Well, that's not the case. If we go back to look at Jesus, what he did, every time a demon threw somebody to the floor, Jesus cast the demon out of the person because Jesus recognized that's not the Holy Spirit. It's a demonic spirit who's causing that person to do things against their will. Don't forget, the person in Capernaum, he must probably, he didn't know he had a demon. And the, but the demon manifested without his knowledge, kind of, without his will, and shouted out. And so Jesus dealt with that. And so it's incumbent upon the person who's laying hands to recognize, okay, this is not the Holy Spirit, this is now a demonic spirit, and they should cast the demon out. But as I say, quite often, the person who's laying hands on the individual doesn't have discernment, thinks it's the Holy Spirit, and leaves the individual in the state that they always were in, anywhere, the demon stays. Um, so that's one of the ways that demons manifest in this area, by throwing individuals to the ground. But there is then the, the next way that this happens, and this is the more disturbing aspect, and that is when the individual who is laying hands on saints is themselves uh, influenced by demonic power. Now, it could be that they are influenced by this demonic power both either knowingly or unknowingly. Um, and so what happens is when this individual lays hands on people, those people are thrown to the ground or thrown over chairs or thrown backwards or thrown against the wall. And they think, the person who's laying hands, if they're, if they're being used by demonic spirits unknowingly, they think that's the power of God. And they're imparting the Holy Spirit, so that's now God doing His thing. They do nothing about it, obviously, because they think that's the Holy Spirit doing His thing. But not, not recognizing that is, in fact, a demonic spirit that is doing that. But you also get the, the, the added dimension of ministers who knowingly cooperate with demonic spirits in this area. And they, um, they are quite prepared to lay hands on individuals and that power throw those individuals around like a rag doll basically. Um, I, I listened to a testimony of a minister of the gospel um, who used to knowingly work together with demonic spirits so that his ministry could grow and it, 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 I'm not going to get into the detail of the testimony, it's quite powerful when you hear it. That minister has subsequently repented of his practices and has 
come out to testify about these practices and also you know point us to the fact that it, it does and can happen in the church and so he said it was amazing to him when he was cooperating with these demonic powers how easy it was for when people came up for prayer for him to simply shout the word fire at these people and the moment he did that the people would be thrown backwards and begin rolling about on the floor he said it was amazing to him to just watch that how that actually happened now we know that there are certain uh, well-known ministers in the church today who practice that practice that you know they, they would shout this word fire and when they do people are thrown to the floor and people are thrown about and they attribute it to the work of the Holy Spirit now as I say uh, I'm not saying that those ministers the well-known ministers in the church um, who practice that are working knowingly with demonic spirits they are probably unknowingly working with a, a spirit that is not the Holy Spirit but because that manifestation is so powerful and it is it happens all the time they attribute that to the work of the Holy Spirit but there is absolutely no um, scriptural evidence for shouting the word fire over the Lord's saints and they fall around and get thrown to the floor that's that's just not in the Bible and so saints should be very guarded in this area and so we we know of ministries and churches where people are you can visibly see it they they are thrown to the floor or they're thrown over backwards earth you know it, it's against their their will that they are thrown about um, saints should be very guarded about attending those meetings because what happens is is demons are imparted to those individuals and so that person who's laying hands there's a transference that takes place and a demon is imparted to the individual who's had their hands laid hand on, on them and they've been thrown to the floor they come away from that meeting having a demon that they didn't have before attached to them and so it's a very dangerous place to be and so that's uh, as i say a, a, um, a, a huge red flag needs to go up when it, we see individuals thrown to the ground thrown over chairs thrown backwards thrown against the wall that is never the work of the Holy Spirit. That is always the work of a demonic spirit because a demonic spirit will always force the individual to do something against their will. Uh, the Holy Spirit will never force anyone to do something against their will. Um, and so we're in uh, the, this particular uh, physical manifestation of falling to the ground on that particular.